You're listening to The Outfield with Eddie Robinson on Sirius XM Outcube. We're back. Thanks for keeping your radio locked to Sirius XM's The Outfield. This is the first ever sports talk radio show for the LGBT community. I'm your host, Eddie Robinson. We're talking with Ross Murray, who's the Global Programs Director with GLAAD. He has a special focus on the South here in the United States, and I've asked him to come on the show because there seems to be lots of anti-gay athletic voices who just feel like an openly gay player, an openly gay coach, just doesn't belong in pro sports, just doesn't belong in college sports. Yeah, there are organizations like Athlete Ally and You Can Play and Go Athlete. Sports inclusion efforts are underway, but is it enough? Before our break, we were talking with Ross about these Southern tours that GLAD has been involved with, these projects are all in an effort uh, to create a cultural shift towards LGBT acceptance in a region of the country where many are still uncomfortable with having LGBT people in their families, in their communities, and more importantly, in their church congregations. And it's filtering out on anti-gay tweets, Instagrams, and other social media among many conservative pro players across the various professional leagues. 866-305-6887. Tell us more about these Southern tours, because I remember this documentary that came out, The New Black, which really blew up the state of Maryland. And it almost sounds similar to what's going on here in the city of Houston, where there are a number of a number of African-American churches and pastors who've spoken out against inclusion measures. This documentary, The New Black, looked at uh, developing initiatives where the Christian right capitalized on the black church in order to pursue their anti-gay political agenda. And I think that is, that's, so, that that's so prominent. But I think what's interesting, especially in that film, especially in the case of Maryland, this was in the case of Maryland voting for marriage equality, right. which did happen. Which did happen. And the African-American community did support it and did vote for it. And again, that was, that was local leaders. Those were, there were supportive African-American pastors that were at the center. And some of them got lifted up like, oh, they're the only one out there. But right. that wasn't um, ever true. And, and when it, so when it comes down to it, people do actually um, – you know, they understand what supports and maybe they don't, maybe they still don't accept it. Maybe they're still what I would say is uncomfortable with it. Maybe they don't understand it. Um, I think we, I wanted people to get over the fear of being called ignorant. Um, I think that yeah. ignorant is actually, if you know that you're ignorant, then it means that you, you understand that there are things that you want to learn. There's questions that you don't have answered yet. And I'm okay with leaving people at that place because if I tell them they have to feel a certain way, all they're going to feel is a bunch of resentment toward me. If they start to feel that way, then it's something that's genuine and strong and can actually, um, it, it, can help, it can help them create a belief, you know, that LGBT people are created and known and loved by God just the way that I am. And that's much more robust than them, you know, feeling like they have to support somebody because they think it's, quote unquote, politically correct or because Ross Murray from GLAAD. Um, but as we're doing this, the Southern Stories Tour, so... I, I will admit I was a bit of a skeptic about whether this tour was going to be a good idea or not, and I am converted. It was very, very good. Um, it will probably be an annual tour, but what, because it was a big undertaking. Um, it was a series of you know, meetings and events, and um, one of the other things that we are doing is visiting a number of southern states. Um, just like three of us in a car with a video camera. And 
uh, videotaping interviews with LGBT people in a certain state. And we've so far released two mini documentaries and our goal is to release six total. Um, one is called State of Change South Carolina and one is called State of Change Georgia. Um, and it talks to, to LGBT people and their allies that are living in that state to talk about, you know, what's really great about living in this state? What are the challenges that still exist? Um, what's, uh, you know, what's going on? What's next? Um, and looking ahead. And each one of those documentaries has made sure that it's include voices of faith. It's made sure it's talked about race. Um, I think particularly in the Georgia documentary, there's a good conversation about how many identities do I hold together? How do I, and talking, one woman says, you know, I'm African-American, I'm a lesbian, I'm in the business community, I'm of a certain age. Um, you know, I'm someone that has to like use and leverage all of those identities. So we want to go back and visit and do more of these um, mini documentaries. And if anyone wants to watch any of these or watch videos from our tour, if you go to glad.org slash Southern Stories, you will see what we have up there right now. And our goal is to be adding more to that over the course of the next year and probably doing another one of these bus tours next year. And the one thing I think that we need to make sure we do a better job incorporating even more is probably more of a sports theme. Um, it's, we know that that's a cultural pillar that exists in the South. And we've been able to work with some um, sports figures uh, who have been allied or who have been LGBT themselves. But I think the next time we do this tour, it would be great to see if we could incorporate that, um, visit a game, minor league games, you know, something like that, so that we can have um, attendance and a presence. I think, I think that's, that will be a really great addition to the work that we're doing. Um, until now, like our work with sports has often been in partnership with a group like Athlete Ally or You Can Play because they have that expertise. We have the media side expertise, so we've made really good partners um, in those things. And, and I think that as we look at um, the Southern Stories program and where it's going to go from here, I think that we're going to be able to look at not just, you know, the big major um, – professional sports but what does this look like in high school and college right. and those leagues and and any where relationships really are built and communities really built which happens in a really different way than it does you know having a football star say something bad or say something good it's it means even more if your league teammate who's also your coworker, um, is saying something good or is LGBT and is included. So I, I think that's where the next steps, where we go from here are. Oh, Ross, please include a sports element or some sort of sports figure, because once again, when you speak of the South, football is a religion down here on its own. College football is a part of worship. I mean, high school football is a religion. Hell, there are high school football teams who make guest appearances during Sunday worship services in Mississippi. It happens. That's how much religion and sports go hand in hand here in the South. But Ross, before we let you go, give our listeners more advice. I mean, if a person should hear someone say that being gay is a lifestyle, people choose to be gay. I mean, I know I try my best to educate those who just simply don't understand what our community is all about. I'm like, look, gays and lesbians don't choose to be gay. You know, we might choose to come out of the closet. We might choose to come out publicly. We might choose to tell a teammate or a coworker or a neighbor or a family member. And you know what? That might be another conversation altogether. How out do you have to be to be considered out? But that's another segment. But um, instead of us acting with an attitude, you know, reacting, you know, with a snipe or a feistiness out of anger and frustration, if someone knowingly or unknowingly continues to call being gay a lifestyle in our face, 
How should we react or respond to that person? I, I think the most powerful thing that we can do that it is both a response and also something that I hope that we do proactively is figure out a way in which you can tell your own personal story. Um, you've shared some of the stories with me in the little time that we've talked to each other. Yeah. And, you know, if someone says, you know, this lifestyle, the way that I, I don't want to say something smirky, like I don't have a lifestyle. I have right. a life. Right. That's what I want to say. But um, what I can do is get that same point across to say, let me tell you a little bit about my life. Um, let me tell you about the job that I hold. Let me tell you about my relationship of 16 years. Um, let me tell you that my next big thing that I want to do is be a deacon in my church and that I'm going on a retreat to do that. Let me talk to you um, about, you know, our trips to Costco um, so that they sort of have that understanding that when you say lifestyle, there's, you know, there's a whole stereotype and a visual and an image that's coming into all of our heads about what that is. And I think when we replace that with this is what my day to day reality is. Um, is, is that I work hard during the day. I get to spend a little bit of time with my partner. We usually spend most of the weekends um, paying bills and taking out the trash. Um, and letting people know and understand that in a real way will help to change those, um, you know, those stereotypes. They break down barriers. They kind of build bridges of understanding. Because then when someone else says that gay lifestyle, they think, but I've got that gay friend, Ross, and he's not like that at all. Does that, you know, and they start to think, they start to realize how that doesn't mesh with what they're hearing being said by others. That's great because, again, to end the story, after church service, I decided to muster up enough balls, enough courage, and I talked with the pastor. And he was basically at the church doors as folks exited, and, you know, you couldn't really miss him. So I just decided to just pull him aside. I was very respectful, and I was like, you know what? I disagreed with something that you mentioned earlier in the service referencing the Supreme Court ruling, and I proceeded to tell him that, you know, his talk brought up thoughts of of my suicide. And I told him that, you know, love really wasn't based on conditions and asterisks. And he goes, we, he pulls me aside and he, he, he's like, you know, I'm so glad that you came up to me and talked to me about this. And he showed me his notes, showed me everything of what was going on with where he was pulling all that information. And, you know, when I started to tell him about, you know, my life and my story and how I felt like I was at a KKK meeting, you could just see his eyes just lighting up and just like, wow. You know, in the sense yep. that no one's really explained their story to me. And he asked for my business card, though our Sirius XM show happens at a time where they're in worship service. But you could see how much my story impacted him moving forward. Not quite sure, though, what the church will do from this point on. But at least there was something to be said that his speech during that service was certainly all about exclusion and all about love with conditions, with asterisks. And it's so important from a grassroots level that we look to ways of outreach. And I'm really glad to hear that GLAD definitely has this on their radar and that they'll look to now include some form of sports component with their initiatives, projects, and programs. The other thing I think we can focus, and this is part of the grassroots too, um, and I know that there's efforts that are that are part of this that it's not necessarily glad doing all of this stuff, but I'm aware that there are efforts to make sure that, you know, 
elementary and high school and college sports are, are, are more open, which right now I, I would dare say they are more open than professional sports. Yep. And I'm hoping that what that will do is kind of instead of trickle down, we'll trickle up and grow into these are going to be, you know, the future superstars. And if we can get, if, if they can understand at a young age that LGBT people are just like everyone else, or I am gay and I can play this sport and I can excel at it, um, that those barriers can, can walk away. I, I started with a story about, about Michael Sam um, and acknowledging that, that you know, he, he didn't have a great experience in, in the NFL last year. Um, and, I, and I know that that's really, I don't want that to happen, but I also know the fact that he had that experience will make whoever comes after him have that much easier of an experience, and it will build from there. Um, and it, it, it's hard to take that sort of long view like that, but I think in some of this way with cultural acceptance, that's one of the things that we have to do is sort of say, how do we change hearts and minds in a real and lasting way? We're talking with Ross Murray. Um, he's providing us all kinds of perspectives and insight on what needs to happen on a broader scale as it relates to male athleticism, sports homophobia, religion, and most importantly, the South. And I'm you know, leaving this segment here and just saying that that famous quote by Lyndon B. Johnson, Ross, where he says, there's America, there's the South, and then there's Mississippi. And that's kind of <laughs> like how things are with regards to a lot of the regions within the South, especially in Mississippi. One of my southern states is Texas. It was not a part of the tour just because it was Louisiana is not. So getting a bus there was tricky. But I know we're going to end up going back, which I think is going to happen within the next couple months. Oh, really? Yep. Um, Partly, just so you know, the southern story states are um, South Carolina, Georgia, Florida, Alabama, Mississippi, and Texas. Um, And South Carolina, Alabama, Mississippi, and Georgia are kind of those like deep south states that you were just talking about that don't have a good LGBT infrastructure. This is really going to be support. Um, Florida and Texas do have a really good, you know, organization. Um, but part of the reason why we included that is GLAD is a really strong Spanish language program. And so the work in Florida and Texas will not be exclusively Latino, but it, it's going to be kind of heavily drawing, drawing on the um, Latino communities and things that are happening there. Uh, Ross, thank you so very much for coming on the show and providing us with so much insight. Oh, yeah, it's, it's great work and I love doing it. Thanks so much for letting me talk about it. You got it. You're listening to SiriusXM's The Outfield. I'm your host, Eddie Robinson. We'll be right back. Don't, don't, don't miss The, the Outfield. Outfield. Sundays, 11 a.m. East, 8 West on SiriusXM LQ.